0: Hello, I'm Jess Phillips, and welcome back to Yours Sincerely. Now, most of you might know I'm an MP in Birmingham, but what you might not know is that I've always been a prolific letter writer and know the power of putting words to paper. So in this podcast, I give my guests a chance to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. And when we've heard more about each person they'll reveal how they would sign off each letter. Jessie Cave is an actress, writer and illustrator. She's best known for playing Lavender Brown in the Harry Potter film series and has starred and featured in several of the TV shows including Buffering, Trollied and Call the Midwife. Jessie is also a talented comedian and has had three critically acclaimed and sell-out solo shows. Her debut novel, Sunset, went straight to the number one spot in the Times bestseller list and her play, Sunrise... Was nominated for a Sky Arts South Bank Award for Comedy. Today I'm excited to talk to her about the letters she would send to three people who mean the world to her. So, hello Jessie, how hello. are you? I'm good, thank you. Are you christened Jessie? Oh, not christened, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, was it your given name? Because I'm named after my nan who's called Jess, uh, and but she was Jessie. Right. So her name, her given name, actually, on her birth certificate was Jessie, and that's what all of my family call me. Um, No, I'm Jessica. I'm me too, but I never, ever go by Jessica. Not once. Yeah. I think that... Which year were you born, Jessie? Eight seven. OK, well, you're Latter-day Jess. Yeah. But I believe all girls born
1: in the year 1981 were called Jess or Amy. It was the most popular name, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Because you don't really think about your name that much, do you? No, as, not really. Because you're only called it. But um, I do like the name, but I don't feel like I am a Jessie.
0: Do you ever hear people using it as an insult? A <laughs> big Jessie, for no, example? No, but I did have
1: at school, I had, um, like, you know, messy Jessie... Which I I had that as well. Which is annoying. My surname
0: was Trainer, so, you know, I got quite a lot of grief for that as well my mum was called jean trainer so if it said no jeans no trainer she couldn't go in <laughs> 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 that's incredible Just the only good thing about that but also uh, lots of
1: people have said to me oh you you know like a Jesse's like a farmer jesse like you should be a farmer i was like why oh, why big, is that a, a big jesse
0: is like a big wet blouse mm. which i think is funny because i don't really feel like i'm not like that at all but um my friend once referred to she said something like are you jess enough like like that means you're like you're flaky and you, you you never turn up to things I was like this. Why is my name such a terrible insult no. all the time? And it's
1: really... I'm so the opposite of that kind. I'm not scatty. I was called scatty a lot. I'm not messy. I'm not scatty. I'm too punctual, if anything. Too
0: punctual, yeah. Well, that's good. I can't bear lateness. I,
1: I, I honestly can't be more than... I'm de- depressingly punctual. Yeah, I try and be late and... Um, I just can't manage it. No. I'm just
0: not capable of it.
1: I it think shows it, you're a good person, though. Well,
0: it, it just shows you had a very, very strict upbringing, where Maybe. if you were leaving, you had to leave, like, nine hours in advance. Um,
1: <laughs> Two of my brothers are incredible... Like, they just don't hear the time, I think. So if you say, oh, that's me at one... They can be anything up to two hours late. I I would literally, that would be it. I would would never speak to them again. And they don't apologise about it. They don't think it's a big deal. I'm so offended (laughs) if people are late. Like, if they're more than ten minutes late, I think that is them basically saying, I don't like you. Yeah. I don't care about your time. Mm-hmm. You don't matter, is what
0: I hear when people are late. It's
1: agonising.
0: My friend Amy, <laughs> she's always early, and I find that a bit irritating mm. as well. Yeah, like, because that—that's that, implying that you're being rude if <laughs>
1: you're
0: <Yes. laughs> on time. Yeah, exactly. I like to be exactly bang on time. Mm. So this podcast is all about letter writing, and um, I, even though you are, you're in the cusp here of being born in 1987. You're mm. in a cusp generation. Yeah, I know. Um, where I, you, you, I fear that you feel that you're going to fall on the right side of this particular cusp, um, but the people basically your age and younger don't ever write letters and no. never did.
1: What about you? Exactly. I think I, mm, I definitely had uh, a couple of pen pal relationships that petered out too soon. I think <laughs> I, I have the potential to be a great letter writer, but it was yeah. I think the. Yeah, Internet. the casualty of our time, and I think it's, it's translated to emails. I've really enjoyed a few relationships in my life that have been largely email based. Yeah, um, and I get a lot out of that. But uh, I really do uh, kind of I'm jealous of people who have had a lot of letters in their lives. Mm, yeah, it's just it's just
0: young people. It just doesn't happen at mm. all, really. Now, no, because
1: we don't have an attention span. My or children,
0: even when they get like letters, like that, they might need to open. Uh, and they're not... When I say children, one of them is actually an adult. So mm-hmm. I, I, we need to come up with a new word. <laughs> like, my adults is what I should say, rather than my children. Uh, my adult offspring. Um, they don't open letters from the bank or anything. The cultural void of having to open something that comes through your door. They just leave it.
1: I do too, though. I do that. I have a, I, I'm have very avoidant when it comes to any admin mail. Oh, I just can't look. The only time I look if it's NHS, that's because that, then that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Something serious. Yeah, you have to look at that. If it's obviously a nice envelope, I never say envelope, envelope, right? <laughs> um, then I will look. But um, that's why, like, my career is very mixed. But um, a, a large part of my like income is from my selling my drawings, mm-hmm. and we make such an effort to package them up like, beautifully, beautifully and, just so that yeah. it's exciting and they're not worried yeah. that it's a bill. I just oh, want to make it, like, you know, just like, say, <laughs> this is a fun envelope you're about to open. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really cautious of that. I just want people to feel joy when they see it dropping through yeah, their letterbox.
0: that is lovely, especially when it is something that somebody else has ordered to you or sent to you. Yes. Like, that happens so rarely yes. these days. I got a thing on International Women's Day, and it was just, like, a lovely box of, like, flowers and feminist shit and from Black and Beach and it was just like oh this is so lovely and it had all like feminist writing on the outside oh, and I was s- like this like I just didn't know it was coming. Mm. And that is just seems so rare these days. Um so do you have any letters of note that you've kept that are really meaningful to you?
1: Yes, I do. I have one from a crush I had at school. Uh, I love a crush mm, I don't and- have so
0: many more it's such a
1: shame. Mm. It was really, it never, it never happened, you know, it never was realised um, both ways. It was always accidentally, like, missed each other like buses, you know, oh. just, um, but there's one particularly nice note I have that I've kept. Um, there's probably one of the few, and I've kept little notes from my mum over the years because I was always a very expressive um Letter writer to her, mm. so I and and that was it was really hard to, today to not pick my mum because I was just <laughs> um, because she basically said don't don't, um, and so I I've kept her little notes because she's always felt really guilty that she's not been as um, able to write so easily as me um, with kind of long rambly um notes of stuff so she's uh, so whenever she has which is it's so sweet because it's her being like i know i'm not very good at writing this kind of thing but i love you and this and that and so i've kept those kind of things and and i've and and my daughter um who's only six she is she's she writes a good apology note and i already have a collection of about 50 honestly
0: I mean, she's absolutely nailed manipulation yeah. there. Yeah, 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 she's absolutely the queen of that. Absolutely nailed it. My children have never written... Actually, that's not true. Maybe when they were little, uh, maybe you've written me sorry notes. I left a note for my son this morning. It said, I went to three post offices <laughs> to get this. You are welcome. Get your own delivery next time. Um, so it's to see you C on Wednesday. Oh,
1: that's so nice. <laughs> He'll keep that. He'll treasure that. <laughs> Yeah, so I have about fifty of her apology notes, and I just kind of—I'm one day going to make a kind of a book of them. They're amazing. Even when she's being rude, she already she goes to her desk, and I can see she's about to start writing an apology note, even though we're mid fight. You should send her back a note that says. Changing your behaviour is real sorrow. <laughs> Sorry but,
0: is merely a word you've written. down. when I,
1: when I, when, I, when we're having the kind of arguments, or whatever it's about, I say, don't write me an apology note, and she's already writing. <laughs> I feel bad that I'm already now stopping her, but I just treasure them. And they wrote lots of notes to their obsessed with Strictly. And when, um, a couple of series ago, they were obsessed with this couple, um, the first male couple, oh, John yes. and Johannes. Oh, well, they
0: were amazing. They were amazing. And I met Johannes in real oh. life. And all I can say is, he is like rainbows and sunshine in real life. He makes everything better. Oh God! I think I like. I literally met him on a day when I don't know the government had brought in some sort of horrendous anti-migrant bill or something, and I, I bumped into Johannes in the evening, and I just was like, I need to inject you into my veins, yeah, Johannes. He you
1: are so lovely, just like a ray of sunshine. And um, they wrote letter after letter to him, them as a couple to say, oh, we hope you win, Joanna Johannesby. Um, and I've kept all of those letters too, because I think it was just so sweet that they were so moved to yeah. write. Well, they were
0: brilliant, mm. though, as well. It wasn't even just, you know, the sort of token nature and the, mm. the sort of new frontier. It was... They were really good at dancing as well. It's really... Uh, you know, I don't like it when the people I like aren't actually good at dancing yes. as well. But they were excellent. They were incredible. Absolutely excellent. Mm. Um, yeah, my, we, what we do at the beginning in the first episode of Strictly is we all write a note... Um, and put it in an envelope about who we think is going to win, and then we <laughs> open it ten weeks later. Oh. There's a prize for the person who gets it right. That's I so think nice. my son Danny had picked uh, Johannes. Oh really? Uh, and they should. John, they should yeah. have won. They should have won. I mean, I, I did, but, but mind you, they Rose were. They, I mean, it was, it,
1: it was, was a close. done
0: deal. Yes. From the get go with Rose. Yeah, she was great. She basically turned lovely giovanni away from being what essentially seemed like a terrible lothario into like a mommy's boy yeah. and you know we watched that transformation in front of our eyes and that the the dance with the i knew it was going to happen there because i'd oh. met somebody from the production team and they told me and that sort of ruined it I for see me you knew, oh yeah it
1: was so powerful
0: Oh, so good! Yeah. And silent dancing. Aww. Anyway, this we can is a talk about this. this is totally a strictly Found podcast. I literally love it. So do I. Um, I, mean, I think sometimes I only became a politician so that one day I'd be able to go on strictly. You should. Dancing. Oh my <laughs>
1: gosh! How have you not been on strictly? I mean, I I can't do
0: it whilst I'm a politician. Right. But in, okay. Afterwards, you have to the second. The second, I may even have some dance lessons, and you then have everyone to. can slag me off and say she's actually you, a professional. You, no, dancer.
1: but I know that you do actually have to. You have to have like. Basically, in dance audition, so you do have to have you should be a little bit good, you have to really be strategic about getting on. Strictly, okay? Oh, yeah, 100%. Just...
0: Oh, it's genuinely a, a massive part of my life now. <laughs> strictly going down. I'm just slightly worried the BBC will cancel it or the BBC will cease to exist.
1: No, no, I think if any, I think it might <laughs> just be a strictly
0: channel. It would
1: you would like there is a channel
0: now where you can just watch The Chase. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the chase all day long I'm delighted I love the chase but the uh, like that would is what that would be just yeah. a Strictly channel and then we'll all have to go on
1: literally the whole
0: public would have maybe to do it maybe it
1: would just be the news or Strictly that's what the BBC will become <laughs> okay well I'm fine with that I, I'm fine with that too yeah <laughs>
0: I mean I'd rather it stayed the way it is. Yes, but yes. if it, if I had to have something, the news are two strictly, good things. They are <laughs> two, two necessary things. things. Absolutely. Um I love that you kept a letter from your crush. That's yeah. so I often think around Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve. I've been married now for oh like eighteen years or something. We've been together for decades. But um I often think how Um, Valentine's and New Year's and those big events are just for unrequited love. They're not for real, Mm. like, you know, taking the bins out love. There's nothing more poetic than unrequited missing in action crushes. What could have been? uh, Just... I mean, as a teenager, I used to just sit on stairs crying and hoping people would see me, do you know what I mean? (laughs) Just like, I'm sad. And I'm not going to talk about it, but you all know it's because this boy I fancy isn't fancying me back or whatever. Um, Just that sort of leaning into just being totally ridiculous about love. Yeah, indulging and what I mean. Yeah. I just think, oh, that's like Valentine's Day. Married people sending each other a card. I'm just like, what's the point? Like, you know, thanks. You're just going to exchange the same card. Um, (laughs) Whereas, like, the thought that somebody you fancied might send you one. Yeah.
1: Oh, I know. It's kind of. I I kind of think it's so. Valentine's Day used to be so much more prominent. Like now that my kids are getting excited about things like the Tooth Fairy and Father Christmas and stuff. Valentine's Day too. They I'm excited that they have that kind of thing to look forward to yeah. at, at some point and then it will go. But and, it does oh, go, yeah. doesn't it's it? It's fleeting, mm. all these
0: things. It's like New Year mm. now. I mean, who can stay up till midnight? Dread, just pure I mean, dreads, yeah. I, people invite me to a thing at seven. I've, we've had all the conversation by eight. And we're like, we've now got four solid hours to get through. We just watch the telly. It's just like, I, I literally cannot keep this facade up for these, for these five hours. It shouldn't start until 11 o'clock at night. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I've asked you to think about um, the three people you would want to write a letter to. So the first one would be the person who means the world to you. So who would that be?
1: The person who means the world to me.
0: I mean, obviously, you don't have. You know, if you pick somebody, it doesn't mean you hate everybody else in your life. This is not Twitter.
1: I think the person who means the world to me is my sister, Bibi, who's ten years younger. She's called BB. BB. Yeah. Well, it's because the fourth. She's the fifth kid, and um, the fourth, my bro- brother couldn't say um, baby. He could only no. say Beba. And then because my mum had run out of names by this point, she we were like, actually, Beba, Bebe. Bibi's Be- Bebe. nice, Bebe's nice. So BB yeah. is a
0: lovely name Yeah, it's
1: nice um, It's very, where I
0: live, it's very common surname Really? Bibi um, It's very, very common amongst Muslim women to be called oh, really? BB It means princess oh, well, B oh, yes. means princess oh, um, yeah. So yeah. it's very, so naming convention is mm. different You yes. don't necessarily get your father's surname um, So lots of women are called B or BB. Oh,
1: that's nice Yeah, 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 it's really common oh. um, She's called bed the entire time I mean, it's so funny when people have not met her Um, But yeah, she means a lot to me just because she has. I think that sister bond is something that I really wanted before she came. So I had three brothers. I have three brothers. I never got a sister. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) You never got one. I begged. I begged. Where are you? I'm the last. the last. I'm the last.
0: And there's absolutely no way my mum and dad were having any more kids. No, because
1: you were the joyous girl also, to finish everything.
0: Well, I, I I think I was just a massive accident, but um. yes.
1: <laughs> I think. <laughs> Is there a gap?
0: A happy accident. There there, a there's uh, there's two and two. So they have yeah. two babies, then 10 years, then two babies. And That's I'm the last, nice.
1: They but, yeah. gave another go. So,
0: well, I think they gave it another go with my brother, and then my mum got pregnant and uh, didn't want me. I mean I'm not she loved me all my life and everything but yeah she used to refer to my son as an accident of an accident which probably meant that he was going to like you know invent the cure for AIDS or something because like he really shouldn't be here like it's special (laughs) that he's here
1: that's the awful thing about having so many kids now I feel like I have to really make them scientists they have to become scientists (laughs) yes like if they're not scientists I, I like it's completely wrong of me to have this many children I do I honestly yes they've got to put
0: something back in. Mm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. It's really, uh, it's a lot of pressure to ha- to be the mother of budding scientists.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about science. Luckily, my husband is like an engineer, so he's taking this, the slack in that regard.
1: Yeah, but because I just so wanted BB, um I've really valued our relationship and our friendship, and she's definitely kind of almost my muse in lots of ways. Like, we definitely work together a, a lot. And how much
0: younger than you is she?
1: Ten, yes. Ten years, yeah. wow. Yeah, which is um, I think so she actually she was born in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, she was Labour government. Yes, <laughs> yeah, really interesting. Um, it's only kind of becoming increasingly clear that gap. It was very clear at the beginning, obviously cause she was yeah. a baby, um, and then it was lovely because I kind of could fake mother her in lots yeah. of ways, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and then as I was going through my twenties, she was. It was really nice because it was she was kind of this safe haven of innocence and I used her in my comedy sketches from really young she was like 10 and between 10 and 15 she was in all my YouTube stuff and then well
0: they say hilarious things they just I mean
1: mean, my children are
0: I mean there isn't mm, anything that I say that is funny that isn't stolen from them
1: exactly I know so I just used her and then and then it's kind of come full circle now that she's we, we work together now and yeah, I'm just so grateful for her perspective. And also she's great because she's Gen Z and she's kind of very, you know, like into kind of things like TikTok therapy. Um, so I get all the free therapy from her. Okay, because that, without that, any
0: of the effort. Exactly, or it's sapping your brain for hours. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I, I get kind of access to that world occasionally and kind of enjoy it and, and feel excited by it. But then I'm able to be, to come out of it. And that's quite nice. I'm glad that I've got kind of a way in. yeah. Um, so, I wouldn't want to be in it all the time. No. Seems, and I wouldn't want to be living in a time, I wouldn't want. I mean, it seems anxious. Yeah. It, it seems so an anxious, anxious time. And also, I mean, social media has been so brilliant for so many reasons, but it's also been devastating for, yeah. for self esteem and um, general calm. It's just a nightmare. And I think to have grown up in a world where uh, that is the way of living, you share your entire life and you, you know, I, I kind of. I definitely I'm glad that I'm not. She is the prime age of that mm. as well sort of people that age and
0: maybe like 5 years either side whereas I think that the younger generation so my my younger kids my younger son and even my older son um they I mean they have a, they live in a, a specific circumstance that from when they were very little they weren't allowed to be on social media because of the things that they might come across about me. Um so and they were very, very protected from it. Now not so much. But I, I think that there is it's tailed off a little bit about the sharing of your life. I think they there there is the newer generation who've sort of got, yeah, don't do that. It's Absolutely. gonna be bad. Yeah. But this sort of your sister was the trial yes, generation. Exactly,
1: yeah. It's terrifying actually to think of that. And I've even even in the last since I became a parent nine years ago, it's like I've also realised the you, it's just you know this. It's, you want to share. You want mm. to share your kids and what they do and how they're now a huge part of your life and your identity. Especially if you're a creative person, mm. that they're, they're a huge source. Oh, resource they massively
0: of my... change everything about you and your way of thinking and also So sorts. why not
1: share that? But yeah. then now it's kind of come to the situation where I'm realizing, oh no, I like I. It's just not safe. I can't. It's it's too scary to to put their faces yeah. online and to do this. Um, there's their identities at risk here and their futures at risk but even I in the last nine years have realised the error of my ways Um, and so I do feel for that generation where it's just their entire history is there to be read and and shared Um, it's terrifying but and, and, you know, you see people kind of coming out and saying, you know, I just don't let my kids have a phone mm. and like, they will not have a phone until they're 16. And I'm Ugh. like, absolutely. Like, I'm going to definitely... I mean, Obviously, yeah. that you need a phone to check their safe and stuff, but I'm definitely not going to let them have yeah. social media my for as long as I have, can.
0: Yeah, my kids didn't have social media, I think, until probably about two years ago when I sort of... And one of them was 18, so... Um, they did have phones... Um, but not, actually, they seem to get them a lot younger now. They certainly didn't have them when they were in primary school yeah. or anything. But then nobody did it like yeah. that, that. It just wasn't a thing. Um, and so there wasn't really any clamour for it. But that whole, like, so that you can tell, well, oh, my parents didn't have that to tell whether I was safe or mm. not. Um, and now we, if my son doesn't answer the phone, which is always, I don't know why I paid the bloody contract, <laughs> um, is... Uh, well, I immediately assume death. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. actually, I'm not sure it's made my life any better. My my husband is... To, all my friends, like, they tag their... Like, they follow their teenagers on... Like, they have, like... On Find
1: app, My Friends. Yeah,
0: like, they have apps that, like, know where they are all the time. I don't have that with my kids. Um, and my husband is just like, I just want to know the least amount possible about what they're doing. Yeah. I actually want to know less. I'm like, where's where's Harry? And he's like, I don't know. He's an adult. I'm like... But I yeah. think the the fact that I could get in touch with him has made me more anxious yes, not I think less. So
1: too. My oldest is 8 and the other day I let him go and just I couldn't see where he was going but I, it was a safe it, he mm. was safe but I let him go and pick up a parcel. Mm. And it was just the most anxious six minutes of my life. I but followed I my
0: I'm... son the first time he ever went out the house <laughs> on his own and he didn't notice I'd followed him once and I thought, well, you're not fit for this because I followed you and you didn't notice me. <laughs> you were literally being stalked and you were oblivious. Yeah. You, and he just went to the corner shop, Egypt. Now, obviously, I, I, you know, he's, he's
1: an adult. That's so a great didn't... idea. I should follow him next time. <laughs>
0: yeah. And if he doesn't notice you following him, I was literally like three paces behind him. <laughs> I was in the shop with him. He didn't notice. Absolute oblivious child. He is oblivious to almost everything that's going on. Uh, But, yeah, that is is terrifying. But my mum didn't do that. I used to go walk to school by myself
1: from the age of, like, six. Mm. So... I mean... Yeah, yeah. I think it will come round, maybe. I don't know. It's a scary time to be living. (laughs) Actually,
0: I'm not scared about... Funnily enough, years of working with uh, kids who've been abused, you'd think I'd be much more um, alert to it, but I'm actually not... I'm not really afraid of stranger danger because of that. I'm afraid... uh, What I'm afraid of when they were little was cars. That's the thing I was scared of, Mm. because they are oblivious and they will just walk out into the road. That's the thing. There's just so many cars... But I'm not worried about like child captures.
1: Mm. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't want to scare. I don't want to scare them and to be like bad people are going to come and get you the entire time. But I, I come out with stuff like that daily. Like <laughs> you mustn't do that because you will die. <laughs> That's a bad person. You don't don't smile at that person. Don't smile in public.
0: We <laughs> have to go really extreme. My, my sons have this joke that I know somebody who's died of everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, but unfortunately, with my job, people you come and tell do. me like their worst tragedies. So it's like that. Like you know, when they like throw grapes in the air and catch them in their mm. mouth, uh, I will tell them a story about how I know somebody who, who died like that. If they put anything around their neck, like I know so, and they're yes. like, oh, mum, we're just about to like walk on a pavement. Tell me about how you know somebody who died like that. Yeah. Like I have got an extreme end story about how somebody died at
1: the age of eight for everything oh gosh no but the grape thing people who give their kids grapes <laughs> i mean that's absolutely irresponsible <laughs> i actually i was at like some kind of playgroup thing and there was a i accidentally stumbled into a like a health and safety workshop for parents and it was a guy from um a paramedic basically telling us the dangers of grapes when, for about an hour. <laughs> yeah, when, I,
0: um, when my son broke his arm falling out of the top bunk of a bunk bed, I said to the woman doing the x-ray, I said, do you see a lot of this? And she said, well, I'd never let my kids have bunk beds or trampolines. Oh, and gosh. I was like, oh, God. Why don't they tell you that at the bunk bed manufacturing
1: yeah. Yeah, they site? Do. They I know about trampolines. <laughs> trampolines are like my bunk Basically, basically you're going to die yeah, immediately yeah. as soon as yeah. you get on one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother's an A&E doctor. We have a, a tiny trampoline in our living room, and we got it in, in lockdown because exercise for them and I mean it's been the best thing ever because my kid just jumps up and down yeah. the entire time so he doesn't need to go out it's great um but my brother's like shocked that we have one it's <laughs> the most irresponsible thing in the world but it's just they're so great yeah. trampolines are one of the best things I know, in the world it's just freedom isn't it but
0: you know basically expect to mind you when my kids were little a good night out was just a night in A&E that was an all night <laughs> so does your sister have any kids yet no she's definitely not
1: um <laughs> and I think yeah. I feel bad cuz I think I probably put her off to a certain extent just because she knows too much. Yeah. She's been in the thick of it with me and she knows that it's it's really hard. It and hard. um my identity and my my ability to do things is massively limited and um I think she is aware of that change in me cuz I got pregnant accidentally by one night stand. Um it's not like I planned kids. From um one night yeah, stand. Yeah, yeah. Um so my entire life overnight changed and I think she's seen that and so knows... you're not together now. Yeah, yeah. No, well we aren't together right now, but we, we, we have four kids together. So it worked out in the end, but um, it wasn't like we planned to be together and have four kids together. Well,
0: I mean, I had only been going out with my husband for three weeks when I got wow. pregnant with my first baby, but it, was, it wasn't a one-night stand. Mm. Um, for three?
1: But you've been going out? It was like you, an you, every
0: you... night stand. <laughs> uh, we, well, no, I've known him since I was a kid. Oh, right, OK. But, um, but we'd, we'd only actually been, like, Together, together. first three weeks and I found out I was pregnant. So you can get pregnant.
1: You can get pregnant. Turns
0: out, only
1: takes once. Turns yeah, really. out, should have paid attention in those classes. Yep. Um, so um, it's my whole life has kind of changed because of it. And she's seen that. So I think she's kind of like, OK, I'm going to plan. I'm going to plan a kid, which most people should. Yeah. I uh, didn't plan any of mine. No. Uh, but, you know, that's just life, isn't it? I don't really believe, I think, I don't, when I see people planning their lives in the next five years and stuff, I do find that slightly weird. I can't do that. I just don't think it's real. No, because you can't plan... I mean, even though I didn't plan any of them, I'm so... I feel like it's right and I'm glad and and um, life just takes you on weird things. <laughs> My mum,
0: when I said I was pregnant, she'd never met Tom. I was, like, turned up, rocked up and I'm pregnant with this fella. She's never met... <laughs> First time I met his parents, I was, like, three months pregnant. Um... I said, but I just don't think I'm ready. And she said, oh, don't be ridiculous. You'll never be ready.
1: Yes. I was like that.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, fair enough. There fair is never a
1: right time. Never a right time. There isn't. No, it's only have... a shit time to have a baby. <laughs> there is
0: only a shit time.
1: You know, if you want one, just do it. Yeah. Just try and do it. Yeah. If you can, do it. There's uh, never going to be a perfect moment. Your career's always going to be, you know, it's always this be way intense. and that way. It's always
0: going to be intense. Yeah. Could go wrong. Exactly. So, my as well. I see my
1: friends planning them now, and or, like, eventually having them, and I'm just so glad that that was taken away from me, that element of planning. I wasn't... It, it's just... Uh, uh, I'm just glad.
0: Yeah, me too. No thought, merely mm. involved. Just, you know... And
1: I do think that means your your career has to then... Like, I had to make money. Well, you just had to have keep to going. Going. cope. Yeah.
0: You cope because there isn't an alternative. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've just got to, got to pay the bills. I've mean, yeah. uh, got to go to work. Yeah. Like, I did all right. I had because, a baby at 22 and I'm doing all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, so far, so your, good. Your
1: plate uh, just gets bigger.
0: I would say having your family around you definitely is helpful. Living close and being near people who love you and can yeah. help
1: I mean, vital. If I hadn't had my mum living with us, like, I don't think I would have done a thing. No, so, yeah, no I, I am an insight. I'm very lucky.
0: Yeah, me too. My mum, thankfully, basically, and my husband's mum. They basically did all the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very, very grateful. So how would you sign off your letter to your sister?
1: I would sign off my letter to BB being like, you have given me um, the gift of being a big sister and have just basically made me feel like I don't need anybody else. To a certain extent, because I, she's everything in one. Mm. She's like a friend, a sister... A work colleague. She's everything I need, and she's, I'm. She's like shampoo and conditioner. She's a two-in-one. <laughs> she's two-in-one.
0: <laughs> so the second letter I asked you to write is to somebody who's no longer with us. So who would that be?
1: So this letter is to my brother Ben, who died in 2019 um, in a sudden accident, and. Uh, yeah, it's still utter hell. Um it's just been his the fourth year uh I hate calling it anniversary. What do you call yeah, it? Right? De- anniversary?
0: I mean, yeah, we Oh, no, that's when it's their birthday. I see people, like, on social media mm. saying, like, heavenly birthday, and that, oh, makes, me feel, that makes me feel bilious. <laughs> um, but, um, it's just all awful. <laughs> it's yeah. just all awful. Well, like... But there's nothing to say other than it's shit.
1: Yes, exactly. Like I right, It's
0: always my advice to anybody dealing with anybody who's having grief is just say, the only thing that actually is true is that this is shit.
1: That's exactly what I say.
0: It's just shit. There's no upside. There's no gone to a better place. There's mm. no uh, fate. It happened for a reason. No. Yes, it did happen for a reason. His heart stopped beating. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, that there's no... Stop with your stupidity yeah. and your need to make yourself feel less uncomfortable in the situation. It's only shit.
1: Luckily, I haven't had anyone say that. That's offensive. Oh. That's That would be offensive if my, anyone said it happens for a my reason. My best
0: friend, um, her baby died. Um, she was stillborn. And um, loads of people said things like that to her. Said, like, it happened for a reason to which she would say, yes, she started breathing and drowned in my, inside my body when people would say it.
1: That's obscene. I just yeah. can't believe people would say that. People
0: are very, very fucking stupid. They just can't handle <laughs> death,
1: can they? Yeah. That's what I've learned. You just People just feel very uncomfortable. Unless you've had an experience with it. I was probably one of those ignorant people before because I, I, I'm not, like, somebody who thought about death very much before this happened. Um, and so... I probably did um, say stupid things. Mm. And and so for the people who do say the stupid things, you've got to think, oh, they're lucky they've not had that experience. They just don't know, do they? Um, So, yeah, I would write a letter to Ben. And so how old was he when he died? 27. Oh, God. Just, just 27. It's very rock and roll of him,
0: but no age at all. Yes. It's... Yes.
1: And was it very sudden? Yeah. Just completely
0: and utterly sudden, not expected at all?
1: Yeah, just a horrific, stupid accident. Um, Him and his best friend died together. Um, Yeah, horrific um, and unforeseeable. And I will forever be, I am utterly changed. Do you you still
0: feel um, sometimes like, I mean, it goes away after a while, I suppose, but like it isn't real?
1: Yes. Yeah, Yeah,
0: like you're sort of like, I get. I used to think, oh, people would say that people were in denial, and I used to think, I don't actually know that that's a thing. And when my friend was murdered, um, mm. I was like... I mean, literally for the first day, I just kept calling her like mm. it wasn't real. Yeah, you do, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and there's still a part of me that thinks there is... I, I, it's a stupid part that there is a world where this
1: hasn't happened. Mm. Like, I think that he's just run away run away to yeah. the woods and just hiding yeah because yeah. people do yeah <laughs> magical
0: okay. thinking is what it's called isn't it like when people get involved it you know when something bad's happening or somebody's going to die they're like waiting for a Hail Mary or whatever yeah and you get into magical thinking and I just don't think there's anything wrong with that I think if it helps you survive you think magically all you like but people do yes. fake their own deaths yes. <laughs> yes so you know
1: yeah I think um unfortunately for us the the like things like an inquest <laughs> cement the reality of the shit situation um, but I think he is he reminds me daily like I feel like I've had a terrible few weeks and few months really um, and I feel I feel like he is sending me messages sometimes like to remind me that things can be awful like things mm. can be so crap and you can feel like you're just in a constant thunderstorm. But you're still here. You're surviving, yeah. That For that reason, I am so grateful to him because he's given me that lesson of perspective mm. that I probably didn't have. I probably would get more upset about stupid things mm. before he died. And, and I think it was very timely how his death, because I was at a point in my career where I was doing the best I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I was on tour. I was having a sold-up show every night. I was... Doing the best I've ever done. And I remember taking um, a selfie in the mirror on one of my dates before a show. And I remember taking a selfie and being like, I'm so happy. I'm like, I'm I'm so happy with my life. And I've learned, don't ever do that. Don't ever do that again. Don't, you idiot <laughs> you have to remember those moments. And actually, I that January, he died in the March. That January I'd started, I've always been a huge diary keeper. Um, but not as fastidious as every day. Mm. And that January, I'd made a resolution to write down, uh, like, one thing a day. You know, mm. the stupid diaries you can mm. buy, like, one line a day, and you can never just write one line and you end <laughs> up writing a whole page. So I, I, that January 1st, I'd written every single day right up until his death date, Um, of, like, good things within the shit. Because life is always, you know, a bit tricky. So I would always, like, write down, like, oh, they they sang this or they did this and I got this or, like, just something to remind me that the day has been good. And I thought, well, obviously, like, the day he died, there was literally obviously nothing good. And that day is just blank. But then from the next day, day, I was determined, because I had such young kids, like, they were two and three... I think that happened. two and four. Yeah, I had to I was like I'm not going to lose mm. a little bit of joy in my days um, that will come from the kids. I'm not going to mm. let that slip away from me or my my memory at least. And even if everything I don't remember a thing and then yeah. you know 9 months after but I at least have that diary because I have uh, some good stuff did happen the straight next away. Day. Yeah. Like straight away and you got to remember that there's always going to be hell but there will be yeah. moments of light and he's given me that Ben has made sure that I don't forget that there is good still what death has done which I'm angry about is made me think death is about to come any second Yeah, I didn't live like that before I was oblivious to it I, you know, older people died or people died of cancer you didn't just suddenly in a second die um, and now I do have a thought every single day multiple thoughts of yeah. Well, yeah, I could die today. He could die today. She could die today. She could die, you know, yeah. uh, and uh, that's never far from my mind now, um, which is a horrible way to live. But at the same time, it does make you really Protective. grasp yeah, what you yeah. have. And so, even though I said, you know, the last few weeks have been hell for me, I there's I've got stuff to live for, yeah. and um, I'm going to try and make sure that I I live a good life and I'm happy. And and I, and what uh, did he do, Ben? He was an actor and a musician, and um, he was just a kind of a a genius I think um that the world wasn't really like ready for and I definitely carry him with me in what I do now like with my writing and my every kind of thing I do um I am kind of doing it for him and I there wasn't a place for him the industry was not a welcoming place for him I've managed to slip in and out Mm. I've been lucky with some jobs I've had but I've also been as I'm about to explain in my next letter, I've also been really traumatized by certain things in the industry, and I've seen that firsthand with how he was treated. And I, um, I'm not going to let that slide anymore. I'm going to stand up for things, and um, so he's given me that that gift.
0: I mean, I meet a lot of people who uh, have lost somebody very suddenly and tragically, um, just by the nature of my work, the likes of Doreen Lawrence and the people who, you know, all the Grenfell families and um, people who've suffered terrible injustices. The thing that, I mean, they all just described themselves as just being ordinary people, these sort of, but you absolutely, in order to change something really fundamental, the catalyst is normally tragedy. Mm. So it is like you wouldn't wish it on anyone and I wish you didn't have a catalyst. But when you do, you might as well use it for the good of the world. Like, you know, there's no point wasting it. Never waste a crisis like that sort of catalyst. um, And and you don't want people to have it, but it's like fuel Yeah. Rocket fuel for people. There's Um, no way
1: I can do anything now that's meaningless. Yeah. Like, like it has to have something that's substance and and worth. It has to to mean something good. Otherwise, what's the point in putting your effort in that you've got into just nothing? You have to make it, like, teach people something, help people somehow make people better a little bit like it yeah. has to mean something
0: well make people feel better yeah mm. making people feel better is like you know it matters yes uh, so how would you sign off your letter to ben
1: i would sign off that i see you when i look in the mirror every day and i just wish i could hug you mm. that's yeah. the that's it does
0: it doesn't ever
1: get better I know.
0: <laughs> uh, I wish I, I could tell it. you that it is going to get better, but it doesn't. My favourite people
1: are the people who say that, though, because the people who say, um, mm. you know, I'll oh, just get Time to... Time is a
0: great healer, it's not. Sometimes it's worse.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I, I'm prepared for, I think. I might yeah. be getting it completely wrong. No, no, but that's absolutely <laughs> how
0: I would... That's absolutely how I, I still have moments of total and utter... For the various, I suppose, sudden and, um, like, long-term grief that I have, I have moments of sudden, total, like, breathlessness... Um, but they come less frequently, but they are as painful. They are it is exactly mm. the same. It doesn't get better, no. and you should, you know. I just don't think that pretending that it does doesn't mean that the next day after you've suffered a terrible loss, you can't feel joy. But yes. as well, those two things exist exactly alongside each other, which is, I suppose, the rich track tapestry of being a human being. Exactly. So the final letter is to somebody who doesn't know what an effect they've had on your life. So who would that
1: be? So this is to a director uh-huh. um, who traumatised me. Um, uh-huh. Not in a... Uh, he would never know. Okay. He's one of them. He would never know that the impact that he's had on my life. Um, but I worked with somebody... It was very early on in my career um, as an actress before I realised that I'm not an actress, really. The way I got into acting, it was bizarre, and it was... It, I've, I'm a writer, and that's what I, I am. Um, but he um, just did everything you don't want somebody in that position of authority to do um, in terms of make me feel small, um, like be a bully. And um, the industry has changed a lot in this last... God, 15 years that I've been in it. 16 years, really. Um, But it's still got traces of this kind of director that needs to go. Um, (laughs) And How old um, were you? I was 20, um, but a very innocent 20. Um, And I've got
0: a kid who's nearly 20, and if somebody shouted at him, I'd punch them. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah.
1: I I feel so angry. I was allowed to be treated like that. Um, I was shouted at, I was... I was just made to feel like I didn't know anything. So at the same time as I I definitely was, I I was new, I was innocent and I was um, hopeful. I had hope. Mm. And what he did is stamp that out as soon as he could. Like the idea that you can just- For
0: nothing more, for no result more than his own sense of self. Yeah, because he was worried about his career. That's that's what I don't um, understand about people who behave in that manner and where I work, that is standard protocol to yeah. treat young desperate people who are desperate to work where you work to treat them with such disdain in some sense of you being powerful i just the outcome is never better work
1: <laughs> so like you know
0: like if if it if behaving like that got you the most beautiful outcome in the world i could almost I could almost see why somebody would do it. I still wouldn't think it was right. But I don't, I, I don't see the upside... Where's the upside other than making you feel powerful?
1: Exactly. And, and sure enough, that's like almost exactly what happened a few weeks later after like one of the, the biggest incidents. There was many over uh, over a, a, a kind of a, a long period of time. But one of the... He came up to me and was like, I only treated you like that because I, I knew how talented you were and I wanted you to, to work harder. First of all, offensive, because I... I was working completely uh, hard anyway. I've always worked hard, um, but the idea that he was trying to teach me by being kind of brutal, yeah, yeah, is is just laughable. But at at the time, you know, you just you just accept things, and you just you just want to impress people who have that kind of status, and um, the old kind of way of the industry working, which was that you you prove your worth and you you do what you're you're told and you you play ball yeah you don't be different you you do the role that you're cast in and you you work hard and you respect people obviously but i what he did was change me so quickly from being kind of a young hopeful person who believed in good and um that things could be quite nice. Things could be nice. It's a jolly thing, you know. He just just squashed that instantly. And as a result, every single job I've done in the industry has been full of fear. And it's only recently that that's gone with with my sense of self-growing. Becoming a mother was huge. Yeah, your age and becoming a mother, definitely. And doing jobs that I've done myself. You do when you've, like, you know... I
0: don't know. Had your perineum setting yeah. up? Get, get a, um, a a lesser sense of what fucks to give about things. Yeah, I would say.
1: But I, I resent him. I'm not for embarrassed
0: that. by things anymore. <laughs> like there's nothing yeah. you could do.
1: But yeah, like he does give you a sense of oh my twenties were shaped by that instant, and um, I resent him. And and when I see uh, kind of young women who haven't had that kind of uh, life changing kind of jolt yeah. into oh this is actually the truth This uh, the industry is actually quite a horrible place mm. and you are going to be unless you really just you try your best to like stay out of any trouble whatsoever oh my gosh I just I feel so angry I wish
0: I could say I thought that this was I mean I think it is gendered it's more likely to be men just because there are more likely to be men with power and women seeking positions uh, you know feeling uh, and feeling like they have to behave in a certain way just because of cultural norms but uh, you know, I've seen women behave in this manner as well, like mm. like paying you dues sort of thing, that mm. idea that you, well, it was shit for me. Yes. I'll make it shit for you too. And it's just like, I don't know what lesson we're all learning here, but to be terribly cynical and only make dark art.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, again, there was just... so many people involved in the, this particular job, which, because of this man, were all playing his tune because they were, were all, they, they had to. There was no other way. So I just, I think I learned so much w- within such a quick period of time that um, no one is gonna protect you mm. and you have to make your own way. And, and to, I just kind of, I learned so much that I had to just not get involved in this kind of thing again. And, and yeah. I, I mean, I, I never got any offer, so it's fine, but uh, <laughs> I just, i this, this, this person did change me completely. And I've, I resent that. I've, yeah. I've always been like slightly cynical person anyway, but um, I hate the fact that someone else took that from me.
0: Yeah, it's fine to, you know, being a natural sort of... Cynic. Cynic. Uh, you know, I'm really proud when my children say really cynical things. I'm like, mm, good on you. <laughs> um, but when someone shapes you. Yeah, but to have something knocked, have hope knocked out of you is pretty mm. damning.
1: And also to be made to feel that I... I mean, I feel like the industry is a much more inclusive place now. But for somebody who I think some of that
0: is probably a bit of a facade. But, yeah, I like to think it's... I mean, certainly where I work uh, is, you know, very similar power dynamics. And it could easily slip back is what I'm saying. Is that some of it is a facade and it's short-lived and you could see how easily the culture slips back into exactly the way
1: that it it always was. Exactly. So for somebody who wears big glasses, who isn't... Like very 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 thin, who is a bit weird. I was always called weird, and it's like that would not happen now. Like you can't. Do you know what I mean? Like that's like, can you believe that you were fifteen I years ago? Me, I think you're ago? classically
0: beautiful. Oh, thank, well, thank you. But, <laughs> you're like but, an
1: English rose. But I was I was I was made to feel like I was an alien, and it's just like that would not be okay now to, to be made to feel like I should. Comply with social norms and dress yeah. a bit more, you know, accuracy and take off the big glasses. And like, it's just crazy to me that this. I presume is- you like
0: being able to see.
1: Yes, exactly. What a, what a privilege. And I like the style of big glasses. <laughs> is. Like, it was just. I just I feel so um, when I see girls now be encouraged to, to be different to be bold. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh,
0: oh, yeah. There definitely is more of that. What I always think about awareness is you should never let awareness be a fig leaf for actual change because we come we come like so. If you look at like disability awareness over um, the years, like we are much more aware of. Th- mental health issues in people there's much better representation of disabled people on the screen and things and that is all absolutely brilliant and it's important that disabled people at the exact same time services and poverty amongst those groups have absolutely spiralled and sometimes like you know having a pin badge to wear about inclusivity is a total fig leaf Mm -hmm. for actual change that changes something that's why I say like we have to be really careful it doesn't get pushed back that when it's changed it's changed forever and it can't go back now some of the sexual harassment stuff specifically in that industry mm. i actually think that it was a tidal wave and it will crash down and be better i still think it needs you know work mm. but i i don't think we will go back but like actually it just takes one season of a fashion change to make it so that only exceptionally thin women who look young and can go out with men on screen who were 30 years their senior it's you know we're not far from that happening no, all over again. No,
1: I would even say that we are. We, we're, we're in, in that it, again. We're yeah, in Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially when you you keep getting these kind of this certain generation of 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 male directors who are still working and are still um, even though they they they've they've, so, they've changed and they you know uh, they, yes. they're casting the, you know lots of different types of people with different shapes and sizes and like. I, what they, do you want a fucking cookie
0: for putting <laughs> a slightly, you know, a size 12 woman in your, in your? It's just like, oh God, how big of you, thanks. It uh, just needs different storytellers. Yeah. I think is actually the industry needs to be much more fundamentally shifted uh, and it matters more so than most, it, both the industries that we both work in matters more so than others because it has an effect on other people's lives. I, I get that like it's really important in finance and all that, but actually when our culture that's what little girls grow up watching, that's what disabled kids grow up watching, that's what people living with severe mental health grow up watching, like we need, it needs to be about them. Yeah,
1: um, and so I feel like really hopeful that these kind of experiences that I had won't be replicated um, or they'll, they'll slowly stop happening. But I, yeah, it's just, uh, I think that's why more people have to talk about traumatic experiences within the industry. Which people are scared of doing because yeah. they don't want to be blacklisted. Course, they want to be cast yeah. by those casting directors. They want to work with those directors because that director got a BAFTA or <laughs> that director got an Oscar. And it's just um, actually yeah. the more vocal we are about, you no, know, that was bad behaviour, and that 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 person should apologize for it and then we move on yeah but until that happens oh, yeah
0: i don't think that you should never be able to do anything ever again i do think you should yeah. own what you did yeah exactly do. Uh, i mean i i i don't think anyone's a hero and belongs in the bin i've almost certainly done many things i should apologize for exactly i'd like to say a blanket apology right now <laughs> for all mean, they, things. they say an
1: apology and they say look somebody said okay i've done i treated this actress quite badly but it was a time where i was really worried yeah. that this wouldn't be a hit and i needed yeah. i needed to impress this producer and and I was just very scared and I, I'm really sorry that I took that out on you. That would be great and, yeah. because then you're just showing your humanity. You're showing that you're somebody who, who can be sensitive and, and apologise. But that kind of behaviour of it keeps happening with no apology and then the, the same actresses and the same directors yeah. keep working, working and not saying anything about it, not saying anything about it. We're going to be in the same situation. Um, so, yeah, it's just, so how would you sign off the letter? Fuck you. <laughs> I would say, I, you won't remember me. You won't remember my name if you saw me in the street, which you have once, actually, since then. I was walking behind you on a stairwell and you didn't notice me. You would not remember me, but you have changed my perception of this industry and my um, respect for certain parts of this industry. I mean, he's just changed that completely. And I would like to, for you to... Never again, no. Um, (laughs) I would like you to... I would like you to change. Yeah, back up your ideas, Pam. Mm. Well,
0: Jesse, it's been a total pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Um, and I'm, uh, um, I'm. Um, going to get home and ask my children to write me more notes because yeah. they're not doing that <laughs> you have many children you could get them to write many notes Gotta teach you, could, them to you could talk start best. like basically a typing pool um, <laughs>
1: in your house no i'm starting i'm starting a science <laughs> Sorry, lab nuclear
0: um whatever that is and my husband once tried to explain it to me that and oh what's that other one blockchain i mean what's every the, and the other day i had to ask him because it was in the budget Quantum computing, he explained to me. He Basically, his explanation was, it doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> I was like, OK, well, I'm glad it was in the budget, uh, <laughs> which also didn't exist for most poor people. Um, so thank you so <laughs> much for uh, coming in. It's been a total pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Yours Sincerely with Jess Phillips. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. But in the meantime, check us out on socials at Jess Phillips Pod. That's also where you can get in touch with the show. If you've enjoyed this conversation and want to hear more, please follow yours sincerely and give us a rating on this app or wherever you get your podcasts. And why not get out a pen, put it to paper and write a letter to someone telling them about this podcast. Goodbye. This has been an Audio Always original.